0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Training Table Podcast. I am your host, as always, Kenny King Jr., and I'll be joined later with my boy, Jimmy, Three Tech, Kindred. Want to get into some things, wrap up what went on around the league, talk about some stuff in the NFL, talk about some stuff in the world. And we're going to bring James in to talk about that later. But what I want to talk about today first and foremost is the Raiders' big victory. Raiders obviously beat the Cleveland Browns 16-6 in Cleveland this past Sunday. Uh, the Raiders had lost Trent Brown 15 minutes prior to the game. Uh, before the game, they said it was an illness. And later on, it was proven there. Later on, it came out that he had an air embolism from IV, pregame IV. And he was rushed to the hospital. Um, said that Trent is now uh, doing well. He's back in Las Vegas. He's back with the team. Uh, he was a practice. He did not practice, but he was there. Uh, and, you know, he's recovering. You know, those things are kind of scary. Uh, I think that the league, or not the league, but the team reported it in such a way that it sounded like he had a tummy ache. And I think that, you know, Raider Nation, including myself, uh, looked at it as this is just another thing that happened. This is another thing that's going on in the Trent Brown saga. Uh, And I'm going to take this time to just address that and say, you know what, I was wrong. Um, You know, I, I thought that, you know, it was just another thing, and You know, the good thing is that Trent's okay. Uh, The good thing is that Trent is back home. The good thing is that Trent is recovering, and that's what matters the most. And so big, big ups to Trent, big prayers to Trent. Um, Hopefully he has a full recovery. He's back to normal. Things are good. We can get him back on the football field at some point. Um, But his health is the number one concern right now. So that's the biggest thing right there. Getting into the game a little bit, quick recap. Uh, Raiders had a really good game uh, on the ground. The Raiders could not be stopped. Josh Jacobs ran really well. Devonte Booker ran really well. Derek Carr ran really well. Uh, I think that John Gruden put together a good, solid game plan offensively that allowed the Raiders to do what they could do best on the field in those types of conditions. And Paul Gunther and his defense put together a very solid game, allowing only six points. Uh, and Jonathan Abram, his presence was definitely felt. I think that Jonathan Abram coming back had being fresh off of two weeks off uh, because remember he, we had the bye week and then he was out last week due to close contact uh, with Trent Brown when Trent tested positive for COVID-19. And so Jonathan Abram's coming off of two weeks fresh. His legs were fresh. His body was fresh and he let his presence be felt. He was everywhere that game. And Jonathan Abram is definitely a difference maker on that defense Now, what we need to see is the defense continue to keep that momentum, keep that physicality, keep hitting people in the mouth, and I would like to see more from the defensive line. The defensive line has got to step that up, but I'm going to get into that when James gets on. You know, looking around the league, the trade deadline came and went, and it was pretty lackluster. It was pretty uneventful. Not a lot of teams made a lot of moves. Um, The moves that were made weren't big splashes. It wasn't like 2017 where just the craziest things happened. Uh, I think that a lot of teams just didn't do it because of COVID. Uh, One of the big moves that happened uh, wasn't a trade. It was a free agency move, and that was Antonio Brown. That's right. Former Patriot, former Steeler, and former Trojan horse Antonio Brown has signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This weekend he will be eligible to play. He is now eligible from he is now eligible to play from his suspension uh, and he will be suiting up this Sunday against or he will be suiting up this Sunday for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Tom Brady brought in a guy that he obviously was fighting for, uh, a guy that you know has a lot of res- he has a lot of respect for, I guess. Um, And hopefully, you know, honestly, hopefully Antonio Brown can turn things around, can turn his life around, uh, can turn his persona around and get back on track. I think that, you know, as much animosity as, as I have towards Antonio Brown for what happened with the Raiders, he's a human being and everybody deserves a second chance. And I would like to see Antonio Brown thrive and do well in life. I think that first and foremost, you know, be a good person. Secondly, if you can be a good athlete on the field. Then go out there and do it. I think that, you know, with Antonio Brown, he has a gold jacket waiting for him if he does things the right way. We saw what happened with Terrell Owens where it took a very long time for him to get his jacket. We saw, you know, what happened with, with, you know, we don't want to see that happen with Antonio Brown. So this is an opportunity for AB to go back and try to right these wrongs. So it'll be exciting to see what he does out there. Uh, Hopefully the Raiders get a chance to face him again. Uh, and the only way that's going to happen is if it's a Super Bowl, which would be a pretty cool rematch of the 2003 Super Bowl where the Raiders and the Bucks face each other. Now the Bucks obviously spanked us this year, and we don't want an outcome of the Super Bowl or of this week, this year's earlier game. But if the Raiders can put it on the Bucks, that would be a beautiful thing. And if we could shut AB down, that would be even better. Um, so th- those are kind of some things going around the league. Also looking around the league, you know injuries have been incredibly prevalent throughout the league this year. I think that the 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 lack of offseason, I think that the lack of OTAs, the lack of, you know, not having a preseason, um, all these players are getting hurt. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of injury issues. You look at the San Francisco Niners. You look at the San Francisco 49ers for one, uh, and they've got a team that has just been decimated by injuries. They have over 80 million dollars In salary cap sitting on the IR. Uh, They just had their top two players on offense go on the injured reserve list, and Jimmy Garoppolo, who will miss the rest of the season, and George Kittle, who will miss eight weeks with an ankle injury. Um, You know, you look at this team that's one year removed from the Super Bowl, and you really get the idea that, or you really, it's really pounded into your head the idea that football is seriously a week-to-week, season-to-season thing. It's not like baseball where you can have longevity. It's not like the NBA where you can have longevity. Salary caps are different. Players' injuries are different. The next-man-up mentality changes a little bit because you don't have the ability to have as many playmakers because you have a limited salary cap and you have all these players that you need to pay. So, You know, you look at injuries, those are some things that that have hit everybody. You know, the Niners have just been hit harder. The Raiders have been hit hard. The rookie draft class has all been injured at some point. You know, Henry Ruggs missed some games. Brian Edwards has missed some games. Tanner Mews is out for the season. Lynn Bowden got traded. Uh, John Simpson played some games, but he's not pro-ready yet. Um, And, you know, you look at these guys and you look at the draft class and you can talk about, well, maybe it's just not that good of a draft class or – you know, the fact that these guys did not have an offseason, the guys, the fact that these guys did not have a normal training camp, the fact that these guys did not have a preseason to prepare, it makes a huge difference. And I think that, you know, that's one of the things you got to take into consideration when you look at this team. I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I will be joined by my boy, my co-host, Jimmy three tech, kindred, and we're going to be talking about some things. So stay tuned. My dog, Jimmy, Three Tech. What is up, brother? It's been a minute. It's been a minute. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm chilling.
1: I'm uh, not clean shaved, but I might be behaved.
0: He might be behaved. Do you hear that? Might be behaved. Might. Might be behaved. Speaking of behaved and speaking of not clean shaved, the Raiders had a pretty big win this past weekend over in Cleveland. Uh, they beat the Browns pretty handily. Um, I saw some great things on on offense. I saw some good things on defense. One of the things that, that I didn't see and that I want to see more of, and we talked a little bit about this with Coach Buckner a few weeks back, uh, and I wanted to save this for you uh, because obviously as a defensive lineman, you know how hard it is to get to the quarterback, but also you know how easy it can be to get to the quarterback if you do things right. What do you think is going on with this defensive line?
1: Uh, You know, the biggest thing is I think they they're honestly over anxious, like they don't let the play develop, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. That was one of my biggest crutches. I saw red and I charged and I wouldn't let the play develop. So it's about patience, letting the play develop. The other big thing is, you know, handwork, block shedding they They were doing a lot of that, but the biggest thing is as well as falling for those traps. Yeah. and and Cleveland threw some amazing traps on their play actions. And had it not been for poor ball handling or ball you know catching some passes, mm-hmm. we might not be talking about a win. We might be talking about a loss. So we were blessed with you know the fact that they didn't catch some balls but a lot of the times when you see those two tight end sets you would be saying hey is this going to be a play action and we felt like you'd see Farrell you know wide in the open
0: mm-hmm. and
1: think just eating that trap eating it up every time so my big thing is for them to just let the play develop and that's where you see like some some of the big defenses shit Aaron Aaron Donald has more sacks hurries and forced fumbles in our entire front four combined by himself. yeah part of that is just instinct people will compare to. But the biggest thing is just his patience level and creating havoc, playing with reckless abandon, and then, of course, having great coaching.
0: yeah, and I think that you know one of the things that stood out to me is you talk about playing the trap. And a lot of people, um, you know obviously we have Twitter analysts, we have you know social media analysts that will watch tape, quote unquote, Um, but until you get on the field, until you play in that zero or three technique and you play that trap, you don't know about the trap, like the the lineman knows, you know, um, that was honestly one of my favorite things to play when I was in high school, uh, when I was in junior college, playing that three technique, uh, playing that nose, the trap. If you can read the trap, if you know how to read an offensive line, and if you're playing an offensive line that has a bigger offensive line, it's so easy to read because they're sitting back they're so light on their hands you know you can see their their heels turned a little bit and it allows you to just get in there sit down give them a shoulder real quick and let them blow it up and you can be a hero and i think that you're absolutely correct on that these guys are they're quick they're getting in there they're getting a quick rush and they're getting blown up instead of blowing up that trap so i think that that's a great point correct and the biggest thing too is and you know this plane that knows
1: is drawing that double team so when we oh, yeah. would draw a gap on either DT when they draw that double team you would see the pressure you would see them you know collapse in that pocket or you know Mayfield making that quick quick decision and that's one of the things that we're going to have to do successfully next week or excuse me this Sunday but the biggest thing is Really draw those double teams because the the I will tell you this, and this is if you watch the tape and I watch the tape, we draw more holds on that right side of every line we play mm-hmm. with cross when cross lines up on that right tackle. He's drawn him ninety nine point nine percent of the time. And then if you notice, we only play him on the left side, the tail end of the game. Right. And I would love to see them just bounce him sporadically, you know, and let him, you know, rotate. We have these these, these gifted linemen that we should be using to rotate um, and, and allow him to play develop, having that discipline. That's the biggest thing, the discipline. Because trust time. me, I would shoot that a gap thinking, oh, I'm going to nail that quarterback. And it was a trap. 99.9% of the time and I'd be sitting in the film room, getting my name called out and everyone laughing. But of course that one time, you know, I was, you know, the hero.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, if, if, here's the thing. And, and it's just like with anything. It's just like, uh, with, you know, with money, with, you know, dating with football, anything. If it's too easy, it's probably too good to be true. Exactly. You know, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, But, you know, we're talking about blowing things up. We're talking about, you know, upsets. The Raiders obviously went in, um, you know, went in and upset the Browns in their home, the five and two Browns. It was crazy weather. Um, But we have another upset that that we're looking at here. Um, And, you know, on the Training Table podcast, we don't just talk about football. We don't just talk about the Raiders. We don't just stick to sports uh, because we're more than athletes. Uh, we're we're gonna talk about everything. We're gonna talk about things that are going on socially. We're gonna talk about things that are going on in the world. And right now, we have the election going on. And we had last night, election night, Donald Trump got up there at about two o'clock in the morning and basically said that he had won, um, that he didn't want any more votes counted, that things were looking in his favor. In states where he was winning, he wanted those votes to continue to to be counted. In states where it looked like it might turn the other way, he didn't want those votes to be counted. And now we're looking at maybe one of the biggest upsets uh, in a long time. And looking at it, it kind of reminds me of that Super Bowl where the Falcons blew a 28 to three lead. Totally. Foot off the gas. Gate you know cushion. we look at, <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, we look at this, right. You know, um, obviously with the current state, with the current state of the world, right. With the current state of the United States, uh, more ballots were sent out through the mail. So you had a lot of more mail-in voters. Uh, some people still went to the polls. Uh, me myself, I actually, I was a mail-in voter. Um, you know, I voted my in person. wife. Yeah, Christina, she voted in person as well. Um, and so. You know, it's it's cool to see that mix, but you look at these you look at these mail-in votes, right? And Trump had told people, he had told his supporters, don't do the mail-in ballots, go to the polls. Okay, so they went to the polls, and so you know, first and foremost, it looked like he was destroying. You know, he was up twenty-eight-three at halftime. percent. As as we round the corner, as we round the corner, right now at real time, we are looking at. Biden is, is leading in the polls. Um, the electoral vote right now is 264 to 214. Um, so we're still waiting on Nevada. Let's go Raider Nation. Um, and then obviously Pennsylvania, North Carolina, and Georgia are still um, still sitting there. And they're, they're leaning pink right now, but they're kind of up in the air. I think Georgia's sitting right there at 49.7 to 49. Yeah, I think we just need, was it Nevada and Arizona? Nevada and Arizona, it's a rat. Yeah. You know, and so that would be, that would be it. Um, but, Come you know, on, defense. Looking at that, Come on, defense. Let's go. You know, and so you look at that, right? You look at that and, you know, you talk about, well, you can't call a game in the middle of a game, right? If it's halftime, no. if it's halftime, you can't call a game. You can't, you know, the, the Falcons were celebrating like they had won already. Um, you've got all these, you know, things that, it happens with upsets. And, you know, looking around sports, looking around the world, there's been upsets everywhere. And my question to you, James, is if we're looking at upsets, and we're looking at Upset City across, you know, across the sports world, what would you put on your Mount Rushmore?
1: First one is Buster Douglas, Mike Tyson. Ooh. You know, like, I remember, you know, popping popcorn and my buddies and I were you know anticipating a Mike Tyson knockout in the first round. our little egos our little you know yeah. you know' we're, we're bumping titties in the, in the in the living room thinking you know' we're, you know we're iron Mike and Buster Douglas you know took took it to this took it to him right? And all of us were like, holy smokes. We just saw Mike Tyson get laid out. And yeah, that, was, that was my was that was that was my perspective of you know, no one's bulletproof. But that was to me ultimate upset. Cause you're at Mike was at his prime. Prime. Oh, yeah. No one could touch him. I still, I still love Mike. I, I just think, you know, we could we could there could be a million variables and excuses to that matt to that to that fight, but Mike was at his prime in that fight and he lost because he got he got outworked and that was an ultimate upset for me. How
0: about you? You know, one that comes to mind, uh, and it still still stings, you know, it's still it's still fresh is is the Warriors blowing a three one lead. Ugh. You know. The Warriors are, you know, they're up 3-1 against the Cavs. Everything just seems to be going right. I mean, this oh, is, like you're just going to put it away. You know, and then game four, you know, the, the Warriors are getting beat, and things just aren't going the right way. And then Draymond goes down. Yep. LeBron steps over him. Like, just steps over him. Like, just like Allen Iverson did to Tyron Lue. Yep, her is shot. Steps over him. Draymond throws his hand up. Was he going to hit him in the balls? Who knows? You know, I just said he threw his hands up in disgust because I'm a Warriors fan, and I'm going to give Draymond the benefit of the doubt. Okay, you know he was probably trying to hit him in the balls. But anyways. Yeah. Draymond gets suspended for Game 5. Cavs go on to win Game 5. And that... Obviously was the turning point that Draymond suspension was a turning point in which the Warriors just had no answer. They had, they were deflated. They had lost their heart. And in game seven, they had an opportunity to seal away. And Kyrie hits that three. And the Cavs won the first championship for the city of Cleveland in however many years. Kyrie and carried that team. A lot of people Kyrie carried that team. No, everybody gives people, LeBron yeah, his props. He was
1: like the Robert Ory of that team. Oh yeah, and, I mean, and Robert Ory, he was he was sorry, LeBron's Ray Allen on that team, hundred percent. And Robert Ory was like so cl- the dudes won like seven, I think it's seven championships. I think Robert yeah. Ory's won. And people they don't realize that guy. I mean, next to Andre Iguodala, him and Robert Ory are like the most like step up off the bench guys. That you'd want on your team, <laughs> you know. Like, I want a clutch shot or a clutch defensive play. Those are the two guys I want.
2: Oh no, but yeah, hundred
1: percent. I mean, and Kyrie was that person for
0: that team. No doubt. And and to quote Bonte Hill, uh Andre Iguodala eats for free in anywhere in the Bay Area. Hundred I mean, percent. Andre Iguodala is probably one of the greatest Warriors who was never a superstar. Hundred percent. You know, you look at what he did for that team. You look at how he defended uh, LeBron when when they played. When he won the Finals MVP the first year, I mean, just Andre Iguodala was that guy. He was kind of like, you know, I, I compare him. You know, if you you compare him to another sport, he was kind of like that Pablo Sandoval. Dude, where he, dude, he was the he was Dale Earnhardt's mechanic.
1: Yeah, you just hear about Dale Earnhardt. You don't know about Dale Earnhardt's mechanic. Right. Right, but, I, but I'm saying and he was, like, he was like Redneck Panda. But,
0: but no, but like, I'm saying he's like Panda because during the season, you know, you don't yeah. you don't hear a lot, you don't get a lot of output. Yeah. But come playoffs, come to, come to oh. when it counts. Yeah, playoff Panda was oh. unstoppable. Oh, dude! I mean, dude, the things that Panda Cortez in the, the freaking dugout, bro. Exactly, and so you know, Andre Iguodala, he definitely had that prowess. He's he's definitely that guy. Um, that is one of you know, one of my favorite Warriors of all time, and obviously, I've been a Warrior fan for a very long time. Back to you know, when it was a great timeout, and you're getting you know, free chaloop as if we were scoring 100, uh, points. you know, so 100%. to see to see a guy like Iguodala and to see the the respect that that he has for the team and the respect that he he gets from the fans, team he's yeah. yeah, he's just he's humble. that guy that humble, consummate teammate. I mean, right. you know. Big big time supporter of Steph. I think that he's you know a guy that will go down. Uh, and he'll probably end up coming back to the Warriors as a coach or in the front I, office in some capacity because you can tell that he's just he's beloved out here. And so that's 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 mine. Um, you know who who else you got? Um, you know this one was tough. And you
1: know it that KC game this year. I I. I think that that win is going to carry it. That's like that is our mojo this year. We went in. Think about this: we went into KC, went into KC, and beat them, right? Total yeah. shootout. And then we went to to Cleveland, cold ass game. And you and I both have played in wet, cold ass games. That is that is all about conditioning. That is about who is stronger. Out, out will work your ass. And that game was, and I, when people say, "Oh, it's going to be a cold wet game," I remember coaches grilling me. Ninety-nine playing in the Pacific Northwest, you had to be stretched out and fucking conditioned for your game. So that was one of those games, and that was like that was like a nut check. That is a nut gut check game. So I was impressed with our O line um for that game we're healthy we we spread the ball around so that to me that goes on my mount rushmore because we haven't had an upset game like that no one expected us to go in and win that game no one I, yeah. no one that i mean pepe probably would have been the only person in the world drunk saying i'm gonna drop 500 on that on them and probably would have bragged later on that he won, you know, ten grand or whatever it is. But right. point is that that to me that that was a great upset. That to me, I love that win. We could go, I don't want to go, you know, losing record, but <clears throat> that was a great win for for our organization and and for you know upsets. That that was a great game. How
0: about you for your for your final? No, I mean you ask any Kansas City fan, and that was obviously our Super Bowl, right? Because. <laughs> Yes, that was that was our Super Bowl. No, but but no, that's a big one. I think that, you know, we we talk about Derek Carr and the the we talk about Derek Carr and the changes that he's made um, this year and and him stepping up as a leader and him really taking control of this team, uh, him being that guy and him being really comfortable in this offense. You know, you look at Derek over the years, and Derek's always been a guy that he he can make all the throws, he can make all the plays, Um, he's a great teammate, everybody likes him, everybody wants to be around him, but what we're seeing this year with Derek Carr is Derek Carr has turned into a leader. He's taking control of this team, and he's saying, hey, this is my team, and I really don't care what you have to say, and that's what you're seeing, and he's checking off the boxes, can't win an arrowhead, just won an arrowhead. Can't win in the cold. Just won in the cold. One in Doesn't use his legs. Used his legs. I mean, he's just going down this list. Okay, what else can you say? I do well. We say you can't win. A, they say you can't win a playoff game. Okay. Well, let's see what happens because obviously put him in a playoff a lot of season. Exactly. Put him in a playoff situation because the last time the Raiders went to the playoffs, Derek Carr was yeah, coming off the MVP caliber year. Yes. Christmas Eve breaks his freaking leg. Yeah. And, and no, we... no offense
1: to Matt McGloin,
0: Matt McGloin gave up. Well, Matt, when McGloin, he got, he got when lit he got rocked, up. Yeah. When he got rocked in, in Denver, he was like, I want no part he, of this. He, you could, he was like,
1: I, I I'm done. And Connor who'd been on freaking practice squad and three teams, the entire season got thrown in. And right. I, I like Connor. I, I I thought Connor, if he had been developed properly, he probably would have been he probably would have done great, but he got thrown into the Denver game. And then they were like, guess what? You're playing in Houston. <laughs> you know, the next week. Yeah, you week. gotta
0: face you gotta face with Davian Clowney and Whitney Merciless and JJ Watt. Watt and Brian sure. Cushing. And I mean yeah. that defense, that defense that year was crazy. And we had already beat the Texans yes. that year. In Mexico. But yeah, in Mexico. But we had Derek Carr. Correct. You know, and a green and,
1: pointer from, and we had a green laser pointer.
0: The, yeah, up in the third. You know that, that green laser pointer was, <laughs> funny. you know, but you, you you have Connor Cook going to that game, and obviously that that went how it was. So I'm excited to see what what Carr does this year. I think that he's. I do too. I am too as a leader. Um, i so, what, so what's
1: your so what's your what's your what is your number four, on that Mount Rushmore? Look,
0: is man, it Carr? No. Carr is not, not an upset to me, because I, I, I've I believed in him the whole time. Car has always been that guy that I've always believed in. For me, my biggest upset, I think it has to be the Eagles, Patriots, Super Bowl. Ooh. You know, the Billy goes in, they're the underdogs, right? You've got Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey out there wearing the dog masks and you know they weren't supposed to win this game, and they weren't supposed to do this, and they can't do this, and they're they're coasting through. Nick Foles is coming in, backup quarterback. He's he had a phenomenal phenomenal playoffs, dude, and and leads them to the to this to the championship. But now you're facing the Patriots, you're facing Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, and this team that is a perennial Super Bowl winner.
1: And you're I think Chris Long, Chris Long was part of that, like he was, yeah, he was. I mean just that that whole underdog,
0: yeah you know, vibe. Right. you know, you got all these guys that, you know, this blue-collar team that that shouldn't win. Philly's never won a championship. You know, the the last time Philly was in the Super Bowl, Donovic McNabb threw up on on a two-minute drill <laughs> and crossing <him laughs> the The time yeah, before Tio
1: had steel
0: in his ankle too and trying to come exactly. out and play. TO came out and was still what would he put yeah. over a hundred yards receiving. Dude. You know, before that, Super Bowl fifteen you got Kenny King running for an 80-yard touchdown. You got Cliff Branch uh. going nutty on him. You got Rod. You got Rod Martin picking off Jaworski three times. I mean, and so the Eagles haven't had the best luck in Super Bowls. And yeah. the Eagles now face the Patriots in the Super Bowl. You know, it's a rematch of I think it was 2004. And the Eagles come back. The Philly Special. You know, Nick yes. Foles catches a touchdown. And then the Patriots, they they turn around and they try to do it. And, and Tom Brady fails miserably. And the Eagles win that Super Bowl. And I want some money on that game because obviously they're underdogs. I was like, you know what? I can't bet on the Patriots. I hate Tom Brady. I'd <laughs> rather lose 50 bucks than to bet on Tom Brady. And I want some money on that game. But that right there is a big time upset for me because it was a oh, it was. team that shouldn't have won that game. You know, you had a team of underdogs that shouldn't have won that game. You had a backup quarterback that came in and just dominated. Nick Foles won MVP. And, you know, it's not something that you see every day. And yeah, so that, and that's, that, that was it for me.
1: Yeah, and I mean, in that game, probably lines up with that, you know, Falcons-Patriots Super Bowl where the Falcons went up, you know, at halftime, you know, up quite significantly confident, probably a little too overconfident, and they let off that gas. And the Patriots, when you have, you know, and I, I, I will tell everyone this, and I will continue to tell everyone this, that, you know, I've played, not saying I wasn't, was never a leader, but I've played with, played and worked with amazing leadership, and I've played and worked with Poor leadership and great leaders unite people. They bring us together and it's like a magnet. It's like, you know, you put the more magnets together, the more power you have. And I've worked with people that are shit bags that will just divide you and and make you work against each other. And it never works out. And. You know, the the Philadelphia experiment right there. You know, no pun to the Philadelphia Experiment. That's leadership. They they pulled each other together, and they, they overcame. Same thing with, you know, New England and uh, Atlanta. You have great leadership. Tom Brady, believe it or not, great leader. I think he is an amazing yeah. leader. And that, I think Belichick, great coach. I just don't think he has that leader on that squad right now. I mean, Cam, I love Cam. but. Yeah. I think Cam, it's it's his first year, so it, it could be a power struggle there. Who knows? We could speculate for an hour on that one. But Brady's the leader, you know, and Arians, I love B.A. You know, I, I wish we would have pulled out that W against Tampa Bay. Man. Maybe we'll see them in the postseason. I hope so. I hope we put someone's D in the D. If that makes you know, any if sense. We, so
0: if we see them in the postseason, that means that the Raiders are playing the Buccaneers in the Super uh, Bowl.
1: Yeah. And I hope so. we put that D in the D. So no
0: doubt. and I, I already I, know what you Collins talking about, so. from
1: from Hearst, all them. I I will be, you know, we we'd be dripping blood on blood on something and going after it, you know. So no doubt. but yeah, no, that that's a good rush more, bro. That that is a good and no pun intended rush
0: more. <laughs> and that's what we need—the Raiders' defensive line. To do. Uh, yeah, but we do. hey, James, I appreciate you coming on this week. You know, we had we've we've had a couple weeks where you know we're kind of back and forth here. But you know, hey. I, I I like this. You know, we we get in, we get in, chop it up, we get to talk about some it. stuff. Um, we're gonna yeah, maybe we're gonna I'll end find
1: my maybe maybe I'll you know that Josephine Scriver Bones you know upset you know you never know,
0: bro. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but hey man, before we before we send off, why don't you leave the listeners with a little something and uh, something to get fired up about,
1: bro? So Sunday, Chargers, what's up? Like who who are we going? Herbert, I mean that run game they got. I mean, are we going to shut down Hunter Henry? Are we going after Williams? Are we going after Allen? It's gonna be great. It Personally, I mean, the Chargers record does not reflect their coaching. Their coaching is amazing. So this should be an amazing game this weekend. I I personally think that the Chargers are one of those teams. They're a chippy team that people just overlook had they not had the injuries they've had, but they are a very well-coached team. So this this will really put – this will be a barometer of how well-coached and how well we are as a team, in my opinion, for this division.
0: No doubt. I look at this team. Um, you know, I said it on my YouTube channel. The Chargers are probably the best two and five team in the NFL. Yes. You know, they've they've lost a handful of games off of some fluky, weird, streaky things. It it's Chargers charging. Um, but you also gotta look at you know, they lose Derwin James, you lose Bosa. Yes. You lose Melvin Ingram. You got Melvin Ingram coming back this week, so he's going to be hungry. Um, you know, they're a team that that they've been hit by the injury bug, uh, much like the San Francisco 49ers. Um, there are some teams that, you know, they're a team that is a force to be reckoned with, and they're a team that always gives the Raiders a hard time. And they're not a, they're a team that you cannot overlook. And so I expect the Raiders to be poised uh, to go into this game in Los Angeles fired up. Uh, because this is our second home, we have more fans in LA than than the yes. Chargers have ever. Uh, and our ninth home game. Our exactly our ninth home game, and you know we got to go out there and get a dub. I want to
1: see our line get multiple sacks this game. I think, not not just that. My goals for this game are not not just offensive. I would like to see multiple turnovers, create havoc and confusion for Herbert because he's a rookie. So it's easy to do, but it's not easy to execute. That's the issue. So I want, I'd love to see them use some discipline on that line, create some turnovers and stuff that run. The biggest thing is that run, they have those streaky freaking run plays where one minute they'll cook you for five and the next minute they'll cook you for 35. And that's what's so streaky about Los Angeles. So, But the biggest thing is I really love love to see that front four create some havoc, alternate up, and then, of course, get some multiple sacks. Because, like I was saying earlier, you know, our front four or front eight is the same as one Aaron Donald. And that, to me, that's not not acceptable. We have too much talent on this defense to let them just go to waste. So I'm excited to see them. You know, be hungry coming off that wind, that physical, physical conditioning game in Cleveland where it's cold and then come out and just play a little loose, play a little reckless, get a little dirty. So that's what I'm excited for.
0: Hell yeah. You guys heard it here. Tune in next week and let's see what happens. Later. You
1: know it.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why?